Hey everybody, this episode of the R&R&R Show is brought to you by Perk Coffee. And if you'd like to get 15% off your next order, head over to perk.rado.com. Okay, let's get the show going. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And welcome, friends. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Ruel. That's my buddy Chris, co-host of the R&R&R show. And today, for the first time ever we've got mm-hmm. an outsider we've got a friend that's not part of the channel <laughs> do you like that introduction no mike uh, you're an outsider, hey, is, that outsider? <laughs> is that true i'm, I'm, I'm also first, an outsider <laughs> i'm the first like rando you've just dragged off the street yes. you're like, ah, we don't have anybody else get in here come on in here <laughs> folks this is mike from the one-stop co-op shop a fantastic youtube channel and you can find out all about it by watching the extended version of the show mm-hmm. because in right before we um, recorded this video we did this live on twitch and we got all kinds of great info on mike and talked about a bunch yeah. of games as well so be sure to click that link below for more information and before we get things started here i do want to shout out our sponsor perk coffee i forgot to wear my shirt because it's in the wash right now but i did have a delicious cup of perk coffee well, to get I, going today. I i had some perk coffee there it is I can't oh. share the label but here we go <laughs> I, I just so finished good. it all it was so delicious. It was perky. No, really, also, I, yeah, I, I yep. filled this to the brim with, with perk. perk coffee. I I don't really drink coffee, and then I started with perk, and you know what? <laughs> I can't stop. I cannot stop, and I need professional help because it's just my favorite coffee in the world. Yeah, you know, and I had I had arthritis, I had psoriasis. Yeah. Perk coffee immediately gone. <laughs> it, it will wow. cure what ails you. There nice. it is. And again, That's... these opinions do not reflect the opinions of the Ronald Run Two channel. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Mike. Thank you, Chris. Um, real quick, before we get to the list, we're talking about the top twelve solo variants. So these are games that are either um, have solo variants built into them or have um, been fan made, publisher made. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Um, Mike, you're the expert on this. How long did it take you to come up with this list? Uh, briefly and. Um, were there any surprises that you know on your list that you didn't think would make it as high as they would? The the toughest thing for me is the variant part mm-hmm. because I've done like a lot of lists that are best solo games or best mm-hmm. like co-op and solo games, but a lot of those I wouldn't really say fit the definition of variant. Mm-hmm. You know, like Spirit Island, I love that solo, but it's only solo co-op. You know, like it's always yep. the same <laughs> thing. So that was probably the toughest part. Um, and then besides that, there's just like still so many. I'm very happy with the three that kind of like I sent in a bunch and the three that got selected. I'm okay. I'm happy to talk about all of them. I love all of them. Awesome. Uh, some of them are a little bit older, some a little bit newer, but yeah. Uh, okay. It, it, that was the toughest for me. Okay, cool. We're looking forward to it. So, folks, we're compiling this list together. There's four of us: uh, Chris, Mike, myself, yeah. and Richard, who's going to kick things off with our number twelve on the list uh, for solo game, the top twelve solo variants. 
Okay, everybody, this is exciting. I'm going first on the list instead of last, which I guess is what happens when you have a special guest on. Boy, folks, wait till you see uh, some of the choices, especially Mike's. I can't wait to talk about them. But I'm going to kick us off, but not before. I just wanted to remind everybody that this is not my first go-round when it comes to talking about solo games. A few years ago, I did a top 10 solo games with Maggie from the wonderful channel Thinker Themer. And I got to say, those choices still stand. But I didn't want to just repeat the list I've done, which, by the way, you can get to it by following the links down in the show notes. So, I am talking about some more solo experiences I've had since filming that that I think really would push their way into my top 10 easily. And uh, without any further ado, let's get going talking about those with number 12 on our combined list, Libertalia, The Winds of Galecrest. Now, I am the world's biggest fan of Morton Monrad Peterson and the Otama Factory. I think they do such amazing work. I mean, their whole goal is to bring solo gameplay into existing multiplayer games and always find beautiful, excuse me, elegant, uh, fast-playing, and yet rich and deep ways to emulate the feel of other human opponents with just a deck of cards. And they've done it again. And honestly, i got to assume, this must have been one of their toughest challenges to date. Because Libertalia, in case you don't know it, is a pirate simulation where everybody's uh, got the same set of cards and they're trying to outthink each other and outmaneuver each other to get access to the most booty, the most uh, spoils from our pirate raids. And the multiplayer game is so full of doublethink and mind games and trying to anticipate what are my opponents going to do? I know what cards they have, but when are they going to play them? And is this the right time for me to make my move? And how is that going to happen with an automated deck of cards making decisions? Um, you know, isn't it just going to be random, but oh my goodness, this system is so smart. First of all, because it emulates a three-player game instead of a two-player game, which I love because I pretty much only play games solo or two-player with my wife, Jen, so I very rarely get the sense of a multiplayer game. And the fact that each of your two automated opponents function in a different way, one very simple and straightforward, just to kind of uh, clog up the board, and one um, where you can make guesses as to what they're going to do, but they can surprise you just like a human player does. Um, and with every round trying to decide what card I'm going to play and then what cards they're going to play. It is just amazing. How amazing? Well, here's the deal. Libertalia, in the end, was probably a little bit too cutthroat for my wife and I to keep uh, because we tend to be more Care Bear. And there are some definite you know, nasty moves you can make to uh, outflank your opponents here. The solo was so good uh, here, just so absolutely fantastic, I almost kept the game in my collection anyway, solely to enjoy it as a solo game. And to me, that speaks volumes for what an amazing job they did coming up with the solo variant for number 12 on the list, Libertalia, The Winds of Galecrest. Okay, guys, what have you got? So... Uh, he, Richard is apparently the number one fan of um, the Automa deck. I, I'll i be 1A because I love Automa um, decks. <laughs> I, I just think it's, for me, the solo experience is all about keeping it streamlined 
And um, I want to be able to play a game quickly and just, you know, knock out the time that I have to play a solo game. I want to be able to not have to consult like 20 different charts, roll a bunch <laughs> of dice. Just give me a card. Tell me what to do and try to solve the, the problem. And I do like what he mentioned about how it can be, it um, emulates a three player game rather than two. You know, it adds a little more, um, gives you a little more, a few more decisions to make and whatnot. But I'm really curious to hear what uh, Chris and Mike have to say. Uh, Chris. Have you played Libertalia, and have you played it solo? I uh, certainly haven't played it solo, and you know what? I haven't played it in regular either. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but I have read through the rule book. It, it was one that I was looking at recently. Yeah. Uh, I I really like the concept of the variability in there with the number of cards, and I love games where you know the information, and it becomes that headspace game between your opponent, right? Yes. Like that's that's the thing that I am. I, I really enjoy in games, and so Libertalia like piqued my interest quite a bit. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see that being a uh, a point that you can still have a bit of that that guessing game, which I would never be able to conceptualize would would appear in a solo variant uh, of mm-hmm. of this this sort of style. I definitely saw I saw you kind of shaking your nodding your head as uh, as Richard was saying saying it off camera. Hey, Mike. Yeah, so I yeah, no, you've, I... you've, you've you're familiar. Yeah, I did a playthrough of the solo mode. I, I cover pretty much all the Stonemeier ones. I did a yeah. review of the solo mode. I'll pretty much echo everything Richard said. Um, what's interesting is I think Libertalia is pretty rough with two players, so I'm not uh, surprised that he called it. Like, I think right. I played it with three plus, and it was great. Yep. I played it solo. It was great. Two player, they also have a variant to sort of like do a third player, and that doesn't work very well. Interestingly enough, like the solo works hmm. great. Yeah. The two player, like my son and I did not <laughs> enjoy it. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's good. I, I think the Altama Factory is great in general. I like Morton and his team's work. I just did, um, what's the latest one? Expeditions. I just mm-hmm. did uh, videos for Expeditions. And that one's one of my favorites that they've done. That is so, like what you were just talking about, Ruel, uh, that is so smooth. Yeah. So quick to play. Does everything. And, and again, they've been playing around with like these extra players. And I really think it's cool because mm-hmm. in Expeditions, they have two different mechs kind of moving around and messing with things. It's still only kind of like one player you're playing against score-wise. Yeah. Right. And then you had a similar thing, I think, with Between Two Castles. You had a yeah. similar thing. Uh, did they have Libertalia. that in Tapestry as well? Was, did, was yeah, that's right. In Tapestry okay. had like a fake player a fake and player a full and the, like opponent. Yeah. yeah. yeah I so like I, think that. That, I think they're doing awesome stuff. And I, I think it's a great inclusion on the list. Libertalia is really good. Awesome. Nice. Cool. All yeah. right. So way to kick it off, Richard. Uh, let's move on to our number 11, which is going to be me. Uh, this game I absolutely adore. This is one of my favorite games of all time, and I'm not going to bury the lead here. It is, let's get up on the screen here, number 11 Why on our combined list, Baseball Highlights 2025. Oh, yeah. I love this game. So I'm a baseball fan, folks, and uh, you can see me playing it here solo on my channel, Tabletop Tonight. Um, I'm a baseball fan, but I'm also a deck-building fan, and this game combines them both in like the most beautiful way ever. It's really simple. Uh, you're basically just drawing 15 random cards, and that's going to be who you're playing against. And if you know the game, those 15 free agents, those are the stronger players. So you're going to start with your basic deck, and you're going to have to uh, immediately, like really quickly, ramp up your deck in order to compete. Because this free agent deck is going to crush you the first first game, second game, maybe even the third game. Because I've had games where I've gotten... So you're playing a World Series, you have to best be best uh, seven. And it's like really close. They're sweeping me after four. I, I've gotten real close to, you know, them winning three games. Then I have to build up really quickly and try to win four out of the next four. Uh, but it's so good. Um, as you, you know, you play your cards, it's it's awesome because you take six cards 
that's one game of baseball. And I love how they've distilled that down. It really does feel like the highlights of a baseball game. And then after you've uh, played the game, uh, the mini game, you're going to take the cards that you've played, uh, add up the currency, and then bring in free agents. And of course, you're going to replace those basic cards, who those are your veterans and um, rookies. You take those out of the game, trashing, right, in Dominion style. But those actually, they call it, uh, theme-wise, sending them down to the miners. So your deck gets built up, and oh, gosh, it, it's such a... I, I love this game at two. They say you can play it up to four, but I don't see why you should. It's just 1v1, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And, um, it's definitely 1v1. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And then, But then with the solo variant, I can play this any time of the day, any time of the night. And uh, they actually do have variants... Uh, on BGG, where you can do like a full campaign, like a, a hardcore, like, you know, season. I have not done that yet, but I will, um, especially if the Dodgers keep losing, like the way they're losing right now, I may have to go to my fantasy Dodgers uh, in the, the in my head <laughs> and see if they do better. But that's why it's our number 11, a wonderful game called Baseball Highlights 2045. Yeah, I know Thoughts? you love that game. You've talked about it in previous lists, too, because mm-hmm. it's, you're just such a fan, eh? Yeah. Huge fan. And I, I love that one too. And especially like I, I'm a big deck building fan too. And I love games like that one where you add cards as you call them. So you keep like this lean deck. You don't have to worry about like, you know, like I love the Star Wars deck builder. But by the end of that, my deck is like 50 cards and yeah. I might see Darth Vader and I might not. You right. know what I mean? Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> but baseball highlights keeps it lean. And in a way, I think the solo is almost more fun because of exactly what you said, that underdog feeling. It is so cool yeah. to see you going from getting your butt kicked to finally be like, yeah, I got Babe Ruth now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like just crushing it. <laughs> so, oh, oh, yeah, that, that's an awesome one. I really enjoy that. Nice. Okay, uh, nice. let's move. That's our number 11. Let's go on to number 10. I believe, Chris, you have our number 10 today. That's me. Okay. Um, yeah, this was an interesting list for me to put together because I'm really not a solo player. Like mm-hmm. my familiarity with solo games is very, very minimal. Like I was kind of saying a bit in the pre-show as well. Uh, and so that's why I'm, I'm kind of excited to be here. And and it's something I'm, I'm interested in, in getting into more and more. And so this list gave me an opportunity to think about the games and the styles of games of what I would want to bring to the table uh, solo. Honestly, something, uh, uh, honorable shout out, this isn't on the list, but honorable shout out goes to Attack on Titan, the deck building game, because hmm. just talking about deck building, that's uh, that's one that I that I own and would play solo, but I, I uh, it, it wasn't enough of like a variant to me. I mean, even though my my number, our number two is going to be just like a solo mode that I like to play. And it's just because I like to play that game the most. It's solo, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> is Attack <laughs> that's on my Titan, cheat. Is that a and I don't game? care. Is Attack on Titan? Uh, yeah, Attack on Titan. The okay. deck building game is cooperative. Yeah, Got yeah. It. Okay. So it's pretty I saw, simple. I like, still haven't played that, which is embarrassing because I'm a huge anime fan and I like Attack on Titan. <laughs> oh, oh, it is. If you like Attack on Titan, it is so good. It's my number two uh, game of all time. Well, it, I, I hold love. on. I'm going to write it on a list somewhere. And <laughs> yeah. Get a copy. But, nice. but continue. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we, we won't talk about Anyway, that's Attack on Titan's honorable shout out. Um, my actual one, uh, this is Le Havre. Uh, and so I was looking up a bunch, in preparation for this list, I was looking up a bunch of solo, like, I said, okay, wh- what has solo variants that I haven't tried? And, and, and what games do I love? And I really legitimately love Le Havre. And I found this solo variant specifically for this list. Uh, I found it on a BGG thread um, by 2009 solo play, or I, I think I had it up too. I was looking at it just recently. I have it on the other screen. Uh, but it... It's a really interesting uh, concept for adapting Le Havre to be a solo a, a solo game. And the reason I really like Le Havre is sort of the 
economy of actions. It's by Uwe Rosenberg. You're going down this canal, and every time you move a space, more resources get added to common pools, and you can take those resources, but you're also fighting the other players around the table for, do I take these these resources? Is it going to build up too much for somebody else to take them? Uh, do I invest in building buildings? And so it's all about like balancing those resources and balancing those uh, that currency that you you need all of it and you don't want to spend it in different spots. Um, what, what's really cool about this one, this solo variant, is it's kind of like a beat your score style thing, which I think I'm also of the uh, Atoma or Automa or whatever, however you pronounce it. I think I'm of that mind too. Like mm-hmm. I think in the solo, I want to replicate fight fighting against somebody. But I, I, I just thought this one was like really elegant. And every time you move along the along the uh, the pathway and you're supposed to add resources, you get a choice. If you are taking resources, then you get to add all of the resources to, to the pool and that's fine. But if you're using your resources to build a building, then you you don't get to add all the resources to the pool. You get to add like half of them, right? There's usually two resources that, that get added. And so the pools sort of slowly dwindle the more you're starting to build your buildings, which I think is really cool. There's also three like lines of buildings in Lahav. And there's this one character that you're implementing here, which just provides a penalty of where you build. So if if you're building in where the harbor master is, you have to pay additional resources, right? And then wherever you build from, the harbor master goes to next. So it's all about kind of optimizing and efficiently optimizing how you're going to construct these things. And then in addition, the town keeps building buildings. Usually the town only builds like one building every like four rounds or something in the half, but every round the town will build another building. The town will build another building. And that's important because the, you get points for building the buildings, right? And so you're trying to determine which buildings the town is going to build and which buildings you're going to build. And then using the town's action costs you more resources. And so it's this, this whole snowball of how, how do you manage your own resources? I thought it was like a really, really slick, elegant uh, solo variant. So that's why I wanted to throw it in there as our number 10. Nice choice. Uh, Mike, any thoughts on Lahav or Lahav? I've only played it uh, competitively. I'll say, uh, say for all I'm the types of games I do play, like heavier Euros tend to be my biggest blind spot. I play some, but definitely like don't seek them out as much just because I'm playing with my kids and my wife most often. That's why co-op tends to be very (laughs) popular at my house. It's like, if I was like, Hey, my 10 year old, uh, harbors, let's go. (laughs) But I I think that's it too. I I was just going to say what Chris uh, said, how, you know, how streamlined and elegant it is. I think there's something to be said for that, right? Especially in a heavier game like this, you know, you're already crunching numbers and doing all the heavy work in your brain. I don't want to have to, you know, do that for a, an AI as well. You know, I want it to be as streamlined as possible. So, yeah. I think that's why I'd be okay with the beat your point style in, yep. in this. And then also, because it is the heavier Euro, I think that's why I got excited about the solo variant. And my next one, too, is also going to be in that sort of chunkier Euro variety. And it's literally, I mean, I'll talk about it when we get to it, but it's yep. for a similar reason of like, I want to spend more time with these games and I can't always convince somebody to like spend three hours playing the long game of La Have, right? And right. now being able to experience that and just have my own fun uh, in, a, in an effective way, that's that's what gets me excited. Nice. All right. Great, great call. call, Chris. Uh, uh, let's move on to our special guest. Mike, you've got our number nine today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to stop calling me special guest, man. I'm going <laughs> to... I know. Well, well, uh, yeah, so... It's better than outsider. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> well, yeah, fair. <laughs> 
So my number nine, um, I do love a lot of uh, war games and historical games with solo modes. Like I really, I thought about maybe putting a uh, a coin game, counterinsurgency game from GMT maybe in here. But I went with one um, that's from one of my favorite designers, one of my favorite YouTube channels, uh, solo designed by Ricky Royal. That's PAX Premier 2nd Edition. So this is from uh, World of Gig Games, uh, Cole World, the designer. And this is uh, just a lovely solo. So first of all, it it really does go with the same thing you were saying with Lahav. It's it's a tough game to teach um, (laughs) in that. So if you haven't seen PAX Premier, you're kind of you're supposed to be like tribal leaders trying to curry favor in uh, Afghanistan. And (laughs) you have these units on the board, but they're not really you. Like you might be friends with the Russians. You might be friends with the uh, Afghani leaders. You might be friends with the British, but then suddenly like somebody else might become better friends and steal all the victory points from you. And it's a really tough one. Like I've taught it to competitive groups. I've taught it to like heavier gamer groups, but it it often falls flat because it's the kind of game you really got to invest. I don't Mm -hmm. know, four or five or six plays in and Ricky Royal solo. First of all, it's not that complicated. Um, It has like one card. Like you gotta, you know, you gotta check the rules and kind of remind yourself, but it has like one card that kind of handles all the rules. Once you're going, it's, it's very uh, streamlined to play. It focuses on your own actions it doesn't take anything out of the game. So you can still have like, th- there's tons of cards in this game. Like Pax Mirror has tons of variety in the powers and things that co- show up. You can go different strategies and it like meaningfully adjusts to you. You got to adjust to them. So for a game that I don't think I would ever get to my table, this is like staying in my collection. I'm considering it like one of the games I might never part with because of Ricky's uh, solo variant. And I just want to give a quick shout out. Uh, this game didn't work as well for me. His most recent one, John Company, second edition. Also, Ricky doing the solo mode. Also, Cole doing the uh, main design. He made a super competitive negotiation game work beautifully for solo. It's a lot, though. You know, Pax Premier, you can, like, have one card and you're good to go. You have to be literally flipping through, like, a 15-page, like, separate solo rule book every turn to make uh, John Company work. So I didn't hang on to that one. (laughs) But just, like, the the, the chops of Ricky to be like, you know what? Negotiation? Eh, I could do that. You know, he just (laughs) found, like, this genius way to do it. So Pax Mayor 2nd Edition and Ricky Royal in general uh, doing awesome stuff for solo variants. Nice, nice call. Nice. Yes, yeah, this is a game that I've been dying to play. Uh, my one of my close gaming buddies has been raving about it for a while now, and I haven't gotten it to the table. But now that I know that Ricky Rose got um, a solo edition or a solo variant, I'm probably going to pick it up now uh, based on this because I know this is something my wife Michelle wouldn't want to play. But if I can play it solo, it's definitely something that sounds like my jam. Um, so yeah, thanks for that, Mike. Yeah, and to be clear, it is in the box. Like, you don't have to get anything extra. It's oh, the Wakan rules. It's in the rule book. You have the cards right there. Like, it's ready to go. He, Ricky has playthroughs on the channel to walk through it. I have a playthrough. Like, there's lots of places to learn how to do it if it's, you know, it's tough to grok at first. Awesome. Nice. Cool. All right. Uh, let's see what Richard's got for us for number eight. Okay, I'm just going to take a look back at those three entries before I go on to uh, number eight. And, uh, yeah. Baseball highlights, real. Was there any doubt this wouldn't make your list? I think it's a great choice. Wonderful deck building works so well. I've actually played it as a solo game. It's the only way I played baseball highlights. I did it at a convention years ago, and I was very impressed by it. And Chris, I gotta say, Lahav is an interesting choice to say the least. And while I don't think it's Uwe Rosenberg's best, uh, you know, you know, implementation of solo into his standard worker placement fair. 
I just got to say, I love the fact that it's on the list regardless because I just want to give props to Uwe Rosenberg because he has been so ahead of the curve for so long, all of his old classics. He was always working solo opportunities into it long before it was the cool thing to do like it is now in modern board gaming. And uh, yeah, I've never tried it solo, but I've always heard that Lahav makes for a great, fun, puzzly, uh, you know, solo experience. And then Mike, all right, here's the deal. I was unaware that Pax Premier, uh, you know, second edition had a solo mode, and I was certainly unaware that it was designed by Ricky Royal, Richard Wilkins. Oh my gosh, that gets me so incredibly excited uh, because one, R- Ricky has a phenomenal channel. He is a superstar. I played other designs of his in the past, and uh, while I never really considered playing Pax Premier, ultimately Shay ended up covering it here on the Rado channel. Had I known that there was such a rock-solid solo mode, I would have been all over it. And I definitely want to play this. Basically, of everything we are talking about today, uh, Pax Premier 2nd Edition is the one I most desperately want to try solo that I have not already done before. Wow, that was a really, really great one. I am glad you're here, Mike. And I'm, I'm glad you're here, Ruel and Chris, too. But anyway... All that out of the way, let's move on to number eight on the list, Founders of Teotihuacan. And, uh, you know, this actually just missed making my top 10 games of 2022. I think it came in at like number 13, because uh, it's such a phenomenal polyomino tile air that does so many interesting things. The way it handles interaction in worker placement, the way it does tiling, where you want to pack things in tight to be efficient for space, but you also want to leave things wide open so you have a lot of different options. The core gameplay is a multiplayer game is phenomenal. One of the best. But then they go above and beyond with another example of a solo mode that replicates two functioning opponents. And again, I absolutely love that. Now, the the system for doing it with, uh, basically, I can see what all the priorities are of my other two opponents, but I don't know necessarily which opponent is going to, you know, strike from turn to turn. That's all nicely done. But what really puts this on the list as a solo experience isn't the way they handle the worker placement. It's the fact that, if anything, Arguably, Founders of Teotihuacan is a better solo game than a multiplayer game because they added this whole extra system of objectives. This is not a game where it's just all about trying to beat your previous high score, which is so often the case. When you set up to play, you uh, there's like the, the rulebook comes with this big chart of a. I forget, you know, over a dozen different specific things I have to do, objectives I have to complete to be able to consider the game won in solo. And every time you play, you roll a die three times and choose, uh, okay, wow, this game, I've got to do this one and that one and the other one. I've got to get all this stuff done in the very limited time I've got. And um, I love that. I would love to see those challenges brought into the multiplayer game because they really enrich the game and take it to another level. So honestly, I'm kind of jealous of solo players that they almost get a better uh, implementation of one of my top 10 games, or no, again, top 13 games of 2022. It's number eight on our list today, Founders of Teotihuacan.
I loved Founders of Teotihuacan. That was actually one of my top five games of 2022. It was fantastic. Uh, Richard, you know, uh, gave the little description there. I would just say, I think I've only played the solo once um, because thankfully, Michelle, my wife, uh, she loved the game too. So we got to play two players, but nice. I love that whole, you know, adding the objectives uh, to the game. I think it, it, I agree with Richard, it enriches it, but oh my gosh, what a fantastic game. And I'm going to have to dig deeper into that solo mode. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yeah, I, I've not played this one either, mm -hmm. um, although I do like uh, Polyomino, so I'd like to give it a try. It looked really good from what Richard was talking about. I do have to say, though, I feel like my uh, my choice for the first round definitely won, right? <laughs> that, that was the winning choice. Nice. Y'all are cool. Not quite as cool as me, but you're fine. fine. Oh, yeah. I will never win. Let, let me be clear. <laughs> Mostly the, these shows are uh, me putting forward, bearing my heart and soul, and then Richard saying, Chris... No, no, that's not good. So, I mean, hey, that's the best That's the best review I've ever gotten, yeah. um, both, you know, on stage and in this show. So I'll take it. Uh <laughs> nice. And also, you know what? Uh, Richard was right. I had forgotten this. But besides, like, Pandemic, I played the heck out of Agricola's solo mode. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, Uva really was trend-setting and, like, way ahead yeah. of the curve, being like, hey, you know what? solo mode baby why not like everyone else was like what, what are you talking about <laughs> yeah, yeah way ahead of his time nice okay so let's move on to our number seven that's going to be back to me uh i picked a game that um i really enjoyed multiplayer and this one didn't become a solo game until the pandemic um it is our number seven combined list here santa monica so mm. during the pandemic um designer josh wood decided, hey, I'm going to create this uh, solo game during the pandemic. I'm just going to take, you know, people had asked for it. And he came up with the rules, and now it's a thing. It's like an official thing. It's part of the new uh, editions of Santa Monica. You have the solo game. Um, it's a really simple implementation. All you need is a, a, six, a D6, and you roll and then consult a little, a very small chart. And it's basically blocking you from doing certain things. Santa Monica is a wonderful tableau builder. And Josh Wood is doing a lot of cool things with tableau builders these days folks if you haven't already check out uh in the show notes for a link to our let's go to japan uh run through he also did that another tableau builder a lot more robust and complex than santa monica but what santa monica does it really captures the vibe and the feel of southern california i'm a native southern californian and we don't always go to the beach every day but when we do it's 99 of the time gonna be like this real chill just a real chill vibe you're gonna walk down the boardwalk see the sights, and eventually you want people to go where they want to go. So, you know, you want to bring your tourists to the boardwalk. You want to bring, uh, you know, your locals to the their shops and whatnot. And uh, in the game, you're just drafting cards in your tableau. I think it's eventually going to make 13 columns or rows. And uh, at the end, it's really neat. You're going to um, try to walk those people. Uh, well, during the game, you're trying to walk them to their certain spots that they want to score points. But the get end of the game, I think you get one last chance to move them a certain number of spots. Um, so it's got a little spatial element to it. I feel like this game sort of flew under people's radars when it came out. I mean, it's a really solid game, but I mean, it came out in the year. There's a bunch of other things that were just 
bigger hits. But I think, folks, if you're looking for like something that's been a little overlooked, check out Santa Monica and be sure to check out this solo mode because it's very, you know, we've used the word elegant a couple of times. It's super elegant. Roll a die, pick the action, and it's going to block you there, and then you continue playing the game. There's no change in gameplay from your point, so it really does feel like a multiplayer game where, well, a two-player game at least, where that other player is always sticking it to you by taking what you want. So that's why it's our number seven, Santa Monica. Yeah, this... Yeah. I'm oh, sorry, you go first. No, no, go for it. I was just gonna say I love the art in it. it it's just so charming. That's what all that's all I was gonna say. Oh yeah. Well, super, well now yeah, along with like... Attack on Titan, I've written this one down because um Jeremy Howard from Empress of Meeple. Do you guys know Jeremy? Oh yeah, Jeremy's yeah. great. Yeah, so I love Jeremy. And he he told me about this game when it first came out. He's like, Oh, Santa Monica's so great, you gotta play it. And I was like, solo mode? And he's like, nah, I'm like, all right, never mind. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I, I gotta do so many games for the channel, I don't really have time for competitive games only. Yeah. yeah, I always thought it looked cool, and I had no idea that they had gone and like made uh, a solo mode for it after the facts. Yeah, it was I really be excited about it again. Yeah, yeah it was really awesome. cool because I remember during the pandemic, you know, like everyone, we're all just sort of sitting at home. I'm follow. I'm literally following the thread in BGG. And it's like Josh, like he posts, "Hey, check out the solo mode I made for Saramaka and all those of these <laughs> comments." They're like, "This should be a real thing," you know. He's like, "Oh, okay." So he revises it, revises it. Then one day, it's like, "Oh, by the way, here's the file on BGG. It's an official thing now." And then there it is. So yeah, it's really it was really cool to see the development of uh, the solo mode. Yeah, cool. I love that. Okay, let's move on to number six. Chris, you've got it, my friend. That's me. Yeah, so this one is another long Euro, and that's kind of the reason why I'm interested in it at all solo. And and, and also because I feel the pressure when playing with other people um, to, to take my turn quickly, and I don't want to. I want to take my time, and I want to look at all the cards, and I want to find my optimal move, and I feel like this is one of those games where I can't with if my you know competitors are playing quickly and are saying, okay, let's not make this a four-hour game, which it very well could be. Um, this is super popular Arc Nova, uh, and I played this the other day uh, in, in preparation, again, for this list to make sure that it, it, could, it could be on this list, right? Um, and, and it's so simple. It's such a simple uh, implementation. You have a certain number of turns before the AI will break for you, will, will cause the break to happen, and then they'll move one of their cubes and block a spot, which could have gotten you points, but you were too slow, and you need to now be quicker so that... You, when they keep on blocking you, uh, it you know they they don't run out of cubes and you can get in on those on those spots. And I, I just think it's it's a really great way of having sort of a timer on your game and then giving you the availability to play and experience all that Arc Nova has to offer. All the different combos, none of the base game changes, right? Because Arc Nova is basically a solo game anyway. The only real thing that you're competing over is maybe somebody will snap a card that you want from the row and maybe somebody will, you know, take those um, association actions, the, the second side of the association action where you pay and you get points, right? I can't really think of anything else in which I, I compete over that's, oh, the, and the break, right? And and balancing the break of when the the your new income is triggered. And for me, it's a solo variant. It's a variant that gives you all of that and just allows you to play the game. And for, and I think it's great if you've played Ark Nova and you're like, oh, it's fun. But like, if you're like me, I'm like, I just want to, the first game of Ark Nova that I played, I did not know what anybody else was doing whatsoever the entire time. Like not even, it would come around and be like, all right, I'm playing my card. And then they'd go around and be like, oh, and you played the Austria. Oh, no, okay, it's my turn again, right? It's just, 
It's just horrible. I don't, I don't like flying. I'm the type of guy who likes everybody to talk out their move because I'm excited for whatever they're doing and I want to learn what they're doing. And so with this, it lets me just kind of play the game at a, at a lower pace, not worry about that timing and still enjoy all that Arc Nova has to offer. And you can even play it on board game arena solo. If you, if you have it on Board Game Arena, if you've got that thing, you can play it as solo on Board Game Arena. That's exactly what I did. I let the computer set it all up, and then I just like played my solo variant. I was like, yeah, that was fun. Did I need to wait for other people to make their turns? No, I didn't. I, I got this done quicker. I had the same experience, and I can now have more time to do something else. So, yeah, just across the board, really enjoyed that as a solo variant and appreciated its inclusion. Yeah, a great, great call, Chris. I... You know, it reminds me of like when I was learning Terraforming Mars, you know, the first time I'd played with players who had played before and I'm just like, wait a second, can I read like half of these cards first before you, you all make your moves? And I think yeah, that's something yeah. you said <laughs> for having, you know, then when I really learned Terraforming Mars, it was when I was able to solo it, right? I was able to just take my time, you know, look mm-hmm. at all the cards and try to figure out how they're going to synergize and then play my turn. And I think it's almost the same situation as Ark Nova, right? I mean, people have called, yeah. you know, Ark Nova the Terraform Mars killer, but, you know, there's some, a lot of similarities to it where it's going to take you a while that first game. Like, you know, I played, my first game was a three-player game, and I was just like, oh, mm-hmm. I need uh, I need some extra time here, folks. And I don't like to take up people's time like that. It's like, I want the game to move on and, uh, you know, flow smoothly. So I think a solo variant comes in handy in these type of things to learn the game, because you're learning the game anyways, so... Why not do it solo and uh, be yeah. ready for that multiplayer experience? So great choice, Chris. Yeah. I love it. I, I, am I using my mute button correctly? Are you hearing me? Yeah, you're good. Tell my kids to be quiet. Yeah, hey. you're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah my, my children just got him. So they're, they're, they're tears of the kingdom it up and we'll see. How ah, nice. Nice. Yeah. So this one, uh, this, this is one of those like casualties of being on a team. Uh, Colin from the channel played Ark Nova on the channel first. And once he does some right. of my, entire impetus to play it like goes down dramatically yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i've heard great things and i know um a lot of people swear by now this would this would take away some of the fluidity and like kind of the simplicity of what you're talking about but a lot of people swear by the uh i think it's arno a-r-n-o mm-hmm. of fan-made variant that kind of like yep. i think keeps more of like the competitive kind of mechanics in the game yeah. by the way I, I do hope to play this someday i am on bga so maybe i'll maybe i'll do that that sounds like a good thing oh yeah yeah and honestly it's one of the best bga implementations of a game i've seen there it's we go like, it's really slick it's Get, gonna it's make it really happen slick. this summer yes <laughs> awesome cool so uh let's move on to our number five uh, mike it's all yours yeah i i feel a little bad for this one because it's such a new game but whatever i played it a ton already this is heat Pedal to the metal. Let's go. I don't think you should feel bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, full disclosure, I am a racing fan from way back. I used to play Formula D and Formula Do before it was D. Um, I played like Snow Tails. Um, I never loved Flamme Rouge that much, which I know is the same designer team, but I never liked that one that much. And then uh, Rally Man or Rally Man GT. I-, I went all in on the Rally Man Dirt campaign. That Did you get never... the Rallyman cars, the metal cars? Well, no, no. Well, hold on, Chris. You might not know, but oh, Rallyman Dirt no. never delivered because the company uh, went bankrupt. And, oh, like all oh. the copies are stuck in Canada. Maybe there's like a vague chance. Maybe we'll get something someday. Whatever. But I'm you know up what here. You let me know, and I'll 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 break into the warehouse. For there it. you go. There you go. <laughs> but yeah. So either way, may, maybe this would have been Rallyman spot, but not anymore. Now it's heat spot. <laughs> but yeah. So you know, I I I, I said I like. Uh, 
opposing uh, racing. Uh, we're not just racing, but any kind of a tailment that like kind of replicates a player. And the cool thing with Heat is how they've done it. They replicate a real enemy, but it's five cars at once if you want it to be. And it takes like 10 seconds to do like the turn of five cars. It's ridiculous how quickly they go. Because I love Rallyman, uh, both the the time trial mode, but that's not as exciting because then you're not racing other cars. And I love the like semi-official Dr. Worm uh, fan variant that I think became like official kind of where it has like uh, NPC cards, like uh, AI cards going. But man, uh, Heat is just so much smoother than that. And, and it's also great to like fill out a competitive game. Like my son and I will play and we'll throw in three or four AI cards just to like give that full feel, give enough people that you can slipstream on. Yeah, so all you do is you flip a card and it has the numbers and it tells you how far to move them. And if like they're near a corner, it tells you how they handle the corner. It's so ridiculously clever. It's cool. so simple. It's got like some similarities to what Flamme Rouge did, which was like a solo expansion. But here it's out the gate. It's in the base game. It is lovely. If you like racing, I think Heat, first of all, is excellent. I know it's like taking the world by storm and it's like really hard to find the copies. So I hope they get more printed soon. But yeah, I think the solo mode is like one of my favorite things about it. And, and it lets you use basically everything. It doesn't play entirely nice with all the modules. Like you can uh, kind of build your own car and like add cards. And that kind of makes you better than the AI in a way. But, you know, whatever. It's still fun. So, yeah, I love Heat. I love the solo mode for it. Best racing solo variant I've seen. There aren't that many out there, but it's the best one. So uh, <laughs> very happy that this exists and have been having a blast with this one for a while now. Yeah, I nice. 100% agree, uh, Mike. This one, uh, we did. I actually did the run through here for the Rattle uh, channel. Uh, folks, you could uh, check out um, the links below to find that. And just incorporating that, it, I mean, it's literally just a small deck of cards, right? And you just flip them over, like Mike said, and just, it tells you how far the cars move. And you can do it for, you know, up to, was it five cars and have a full on race. And I mean, it's just so just brilliant uh the way they've done it and i i mean i like the game multiplayer but i have liked it uh just as much as a solo game as well um chris have you been able to play it or because i know no i almost got to play it at at dice tower west and because it was in the hot games room at dice tower west but the tables were always all full i'm not much of a racing fan though i i i've had bad experiences with racing games taking too long and i and i know that heat like plays pretty snappily so i'm still interested in trying it but i'm not like running through the streets pushing people over to get the you know what everyone can get their copy first and then you know maybe i can ease into it at some point yeah you're not and it's not like i get it (laughs) there are lots of bad things with racing games like runaway leader yeah. yeah, is literally what racing is, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, and he doesn't fix any of that. Like I've yeah, had games yeah. where I was like, definitely in dead last, definitely not going to yeah, make it yeah, anyone yeah. better. And I'm like, nah, 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 just like putter it around, you know. So yeah, I, I, no, no worries. It's fine yeah. to not like racing games, but I do, and this is a great one. <laughs> oh, nice, agreed. Okay, let's uh, get we're up in our top four now, folks, and it's time for Richard to bring us into number four. Okay, three more excellent choices. Well, I did not know there was a Santa Monica solo mode. I have no idea. I mean, look at I love Santa Monica. I put it proudly, uh, you know, with some of my best games of all time, and I am very stoked to give that a go. Seems really nice and simple, and uh, yeah, I thank you for sharing that and getting the word out. I bet you most folks don't know. And uh, Chris, Arc Nova, an excellent choice. You know, the solo mode is very, very simple, but I think it's really important what it does. Arc Nova 
is a race game at its heart. And I have noticed more and more these days as, uh, you know, heavy, crunchy Euros that focus on, hey, look, we're just racing to achieve a certain thing as fast as we can. They sometimes have a problem amongst uh, in multiplayer games where people just kind of dilly-dally because they don't treat it like a race. Uh, you know, you see this a lot with Alexander Pfister games too. And so I think the idea of, hey, you know what? Let's reinforce the fact that this is a race. I mean, I forget what it is. You get like 20 or, or 25 turns or something like that in the solo, and that's it fixed. So you feel that pressure nonstop. Pressure that on a certain level, unless you're playing with the right types of players, you don't feel in the multiplayer game. I mean, I almost kind of felt like when I was trying the solo mode of this, that its core ideas should be brought into the multiplayer game as well to make it a better experience. And then Mike, Heat, Pedal to the Metal. I've really got to try this game someday. I really, really do. Uh, Real did a good job of recording it on the uh, channel and showing off how... I mean, again, I just love this idea that, hey, when I'm playing solo against the automated opponent, it's not just against one. It can be against a whole bunch because the system is so clean and simple and just it just it goes as fast as the cars themselves and it's a very, very excellent choice. But continuing on with the list, let's talk about my number one on the list and our shared number four. Uh, that has got to be Stars of Akarios. Which, for folks who don't know, is a very, very big, ambitious space opera game. You know, think Battlestar Galactica meets Gloomhaven crossed with Seventh Continent. Uh, And that is a very potent and powerful combination of stuff. And here's the deal. When I first started playing Stars of Akeros, my wife, uh, she was traveling. So I basically had like two weeks uh, with the game playing it only solo. I didn't actually get to play it multiplayer until months later when, when, you know, she was back and we were able to make the time to give it a go. And I gotta say, folks, Stars of Akarios, rated as a solo game, would have been my number one game of the year of 2022. I think it is a phenomenal experience. And I so appreciate the developers did the extra work. Because a lot of times games will say, you know, especially games like this will say, yeah, of course you can play it solo. You just have to control two characters. Or in this case, two spaceships and space pilots uh, that are, you know, engaging in, you know, intergalactic uh, dog battles. Uh, that are uh, very reminiscent of Gloomhaven, but driven by dice as much as by cards. But they did the extra work here for all the missions to scale all the way down to where, no, no, if I'm playing solo, it's just me and my lone fighter up against, you know, waves of bad guys. Uh, I end up feeling a bit more like the old classic uh, playing solo X-Wing for folks who are old enough to remember that back in the day. And I loved it. I thought the AI system for the the enemies that you use, whether you're playing multiplayer or, or solo, well... It can be sometimes a bit swingy and a bit cattywampus, but oh, it felt so good and so exciting. And then, you know, the fact that this was a big job they had to do, not only turning a space combat game into a a viable solo experience, but also a planet exploration game that they did a great job on too. And I was just absolutely blown away by this thing. And um, unfortunately, at the end of the day, when my wife finally got back and, you know, a little while later, we finally got to play it. The game was kind of problematic for her to play. She had a really tough time dealing with the spatial relationships. I mean, in the same way, she has a tough time playing asteroids because hey, once a ship is facing towards me, uh, I have a hard time, you know, artic- you know, in my brain keeping track of if I rotate, which way am I going to face, and all that, which is a big part of the game. It's all about positioning your ships to, you know, deliver attacks at the right time to the enemies while staying one step ahead of them. Anyway, though. 
Um, I, you know, I mean, this game makes me wish that they had done the extra work on Gloomhaven to make that truly soloable as well. Yes, there are a few um, specific solo missions for Gloomhaven, but here you can have an epic journey. Um, you know, Battle Beyond the Star style or uh, Star Blazers style and you can enjoy it. Um, you know, it's fast to set up and play and it is just absolutely wonderful. Uh, you know, if, if you're looking for an epic solo adventure that will just give you so many hours of fun time and you love some of the uh, sci-fi references I'm making, you might want to check out number four on the list, The Stars of Akarios. Yeah, Richard had me at Balsar Galactica meets Gloomhaven. <laughs> that right there, I'm I'm all in. I remember him talking about this game, but I have not seen it out anywhere. This one definitely flew under the radar because I didn't hear much about this game. Uh, but I know that Richard really loved it, and as a solo game, it sounds pretty awesome to me. Yeah, it was another one of those big box Kickstarters that were out there, right? Yep. And uh, big big box Kickstarter campaign set in space. Uh, but I'm glad. I'm glad. I thought it looked cool. Like I think a lot of those end up looking really neat, and it's just great to hear that it delivers on the promise of enjoyment, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kind of call shenanigans though. This is a oh. solo co-op game, and uh -oh. the fact that you can play a true solo does not make it a solo variant, in uh -oh. my opinion. Oh. <laughs> like, should I have too many bones on here? That, uh -oh. That's a uh -oh. game. You play true solo. Like I don't know, but. That being said, I did like Stars of Akarius. I covered it for the channel. Last year was a tough year for campaign games because, yeah, we also had Oathsworn. We also had uh, Aeon Trespass Odyssey. I like Stars of Akarius. I didn't like it as much as either of those, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but I like it. But By the way, me and Richard need to hang out because I never heard anybody reference Star Blazers. I used wow. to watch Star Blazers. Wow. My, my middle name comes from the show Star Blazers. Like, that's wacky. What? People don't even know what I'm talking about when I talk about Star Blazers. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, but yeah, no, Stars of Akaris is good. Uh, for me, I love the ship combat. It really is like Gloomhaven, some of the mechanics mixed with really fun, kind of like X-Wing-ish, um, you know, like uh, trying to, to dogfight people and get behind them and stuff. Uh, I, I don't think the planet exploration was as successful, but I'm glad Richard enjoyed it. Yeah, good game. Again, not sure it should even be on this list, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that alone. <laughs> so again, folks, you're watching Mike from the uh, One Stop Co-op Shop. This will be his last time on the yep. R&R &R show. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I love that you call it shenanigans. We're going to have to talk to Richard about that. But... And I'm sure, I guarantee you, Mike, you're not going to see any more shenanigans coming up. Oh. Uh, as our number two. I guarantee it. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Uh, if it is, I'm sure it's Ruel. It's on Ruel's end, and he's going to put up the wrong thing, and I'm just going to have to go with it. Oh, I uh, but we'll see. We'll, I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Right. I, I do love that Richard, that I just spent uh, a little bit of time saying, yeah, I really don't like racing games. And then Richard goes, Chris, good job. Arc Nova, it's really a race. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Some way or another, Chris Richard finds a way to mess with you. Every single time. <laughs> Love it. Okay, let's move on to our top three, folks. This is it. Uh, number three is going back to me. Um, you know, I had a deck building game here earlier, and I didn't do this on purpose. I just, you know, I submitted my list. Uh, our, we have a, someone, a third party, who combines them all, and um, I, I'm happy that this showed up because it's one of my favorite deck building games. It combines a word game as well. It is Dominion meets Scrabble. It is paperback. Now, I'm specifically talking about paperback, the 10th anniversary edition, which you saw my run through here on the channel uh, a little while back. 
wonderful solo game. Again, this is for word nerds like myself. I love word games. I do the crossword. I do, um, you know, Wordle, all that stuff. But what this does, now the original paperback, again, it is uh, Scrabble meets Dominion. The original paperback, you could play it cooperatively. And you could, um, by doing that, uh, you, were, you could also solo it, right? But, you know, because our good friend Mike is here, I wanted to pick something that was actually soloable, that had a soloable, solo variant built into it. And this 10th anniversary edition does it. As you can see there, you have the tableau cards on the left. And you are, thematically, you're playing, I think you're like being, you're trying to find out the spy, you're like the spy master or whatever. And the, it's a little AI cube that walks, uh, goes around in a specific pattern. And you're trying to, you know, every time they stop, they're going to put a cube down. If there's ever four cubes, then you've lost the game. Now, what uh, Paperback does, it's brilliant. It gives you these last a list of actions. You roll a die. Whatever die is uh, it lands on, that number, that's what the AI is going to do. And that prevents you from doing that action. So you have to pick one of the other four. So these actions are like take off cubes, add cubes, move cubes, move yourself, blah, blah, blah. And you're doing this while you're still playing Paperback. You're still building words. And uh, in true deck building fashion, you uh, build up currency, use a currency to get other cards. Those cards have abilities. They go into your deck. Hopefully you can trash out some of the uh, weaker cards. It's so good, folks. I mean, it takes all, everything I love about paperback and makes it better in every single way. And this is actually something I wish, and actually you could. You, you I guess you could play this cooperatively, but, you know, to try to uh, beat the, the AI, it's not easy. Um, I've played it several times, and I definitely have lost more than I've won. And I, I like that in a solo game where it's not just automatic, right, if you know the game. Um because, yeah, I think I have a better vocabulary than a non-existent opponent, right? But, you know, in this, I have to be able to, you know, take those cubes off. I mean, I can sort of figure out their pattern. But again, um, am I going to make the right choice? Like, uh, maybe next time they're going to roll a different die or a different value. That will change things up. But, yeah, paperback, folks, it's a winner. Uh, multiplayer and solo, especially the 10th anniversary edition. That's why it's our number three on the list. Well, nice. if you Is played... It... Uh... No, no, go ahead. Uh, have you played Paperback Adventures yet? I have. Absolutely love it. Absolutely yeah, it's love great. It. Like, it I don't know if I'll ever play Paperback Solo because I love, I think that one is such a good design. And yeah. of course it's made for a solo from the ground up. You're right. It's uh, it's basically, I call. I like to jokingly call it Spell the Spire. It's Slay the Spire. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> like, yeah. That's good. I like that. So That's good. a good name. Yeah. I, I was, That's um, really good. Is, it out on, is it out at retail yet? I, I forget. Um, I don't know because that's the only reason why I didn't put it on the list. I thought it, it hadn't delivered, or maybe it just delivered. I don't. Well, I don't also, know. that's not a variant. That's the only way to play the game. You know right? What I mean? yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, thinking. I don't. I don't yeah. see it like on Amazon, but it, maybe it's somewhere. I'm not yeah. sure if they've got it. Out I know yet. they crowdfunded. I, I, I'm pretty sure the delivery it was close to being delivered. Um, but anyways, that's why I went with the OG. I went with paperback 10th anniversary edition. But. See, now I got to get a copy of it because I feel like this is two two lists in a row where I feel like paperback has been on it. Wasn't it, it on our last list? It too, might have been. Yeah. What, what was the list we did before? Or it was I, recently. I, it was it was definitely recently. Like yeah. I, I remember us talking about it and you getting me really excited about it. Now yeah. I'm still excited about it. Well, apparently I just talk about the same games every list, Chris, no matter what the <laughs> lists are. I can talk this into being a race game too. So there you go. Um, <laughs> well, that'll be that'll be uh, next list. <laughs> Top race games. Paperback, Ark Nova. Exactly. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, uh, Chris, uh, you've got the second game on our list today. All right, now listen. I know that I'm cheating here, okay? I knew I was cheating when I put it on the list, and I didn't care. Because, and here's my reasoning. 
you can play this game with two or three or four, or you can play it solo, varying up your your play style. Um, sounds like a variant to me. Uh, no, 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 no. But the reason I put it in, uh, the reason I really put it in is because I am not a solo player. Like, I'm really not a solo player. Like, I'm really sort of like the antithesis of of diving in consistently with games. And this is probably the one game that I own that like I actively will play solo. And I, and I think that is that is sort of a, a noticeable or at least like good information for people who are who are kind of like me and who who want to like dip their toes into solo. This is something that I'm uh, it's by Chip Theory Games. And Mike, you've already said it. It is too many bones yeah, <laughs> that I'm putting nice. on this list. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, I'll say at least <laughs> the bosses are different with too many bones. You have you an go. entirely different set of encounter cards with too many bones. Like the true mm. solo mode, more than Stars Vicarious, <laughs> the game actually changes in major ways for too many bones. So I'll, I'll forgive you more than somebody else, you know? <laughs> I appreciate that. And also, too, even like the complexity of the characters, which I really love. Right. You have like a solo complexity and you have a co-op complexity. And those are generally different. And that, to me, gets me really excited to play each character solo because I'm like, okay, this this does interact in a different way when I mm-hmm. when I don't have someone else to fill in the gaps, Right. Um, yeah, I mean, Too Many Bones should be is no stranger to solo lists. I mean, any chip theory game, honestly, is no stranger to solo lists. It, it it's just fun. It's one that I'm really looking forward to. I'm I'm excited to take a look at the Unbreakable content. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's it's just great fun of checking dice and working out your own skill tree. And and like you said too, just the the, the slight differences in the encounters. And in the bosses is fun as well. It's it's one that uh, that I think you know works potentially best at solo. No more than two players, honestly. Is I said you could play it at three and four, but I don't really think you can. Um, <laughs> well, you can play it, and then you cannot enjoy it. So you can do that <laughs> if you want. Um, no, but it's just like it's such a slick system. Uh, I love the, all the differences in the characters, and, and I think it's it's just a blast to to pull out Chuck Dice and and have a good time with the variants of enemies. Yeah, just love it. Yeah, and there's something to be said for that Chip Theory production, right? I mean, top top of the heap here. I mean, they, they set the standard, I think, for a lot of uh, game companies. I mean, just the chips and the playmats and whatnot. Oh, my gosh. I, I love their t- uh, games on the table. The table presence is amazing. Yeah, and Too Many Bones is one of my top games, like probably – top 20 of all time so i adore it too again i wasn't sure if i could include it on this list but <laughs> i love it I, I, I knew you wanted to that's why yeah. i got the message <laughs> i got the i got the dm on the side as we were filming and and i and i switched it i fell on that sword for you mike so i'm just <laughs> hey speaking of swords I, I'm, I'm required to say all chip theory games are good because they sent me a sword once so. oh, oh i got oh, one little sword nice. too yes i think that's actually not a generous gift i think that's a threat of what they will do with it I... <laughs> i'm but still yeah. waiting on, on my full suit of armor from yeah, chip theory yeah, games yeah. since i did not get a sword but uh yeah, actually, i know they'll make uh, it up to me with a uh, full suit of armor a different chip theory that i would have say has more of like a solo variant it was on my honorable mentions but i won't mention that right now but mm. yeah i love too many bones awesome yeah. game great yeah. choice okay mike you're the man you got the top pick of the list and take it away all right so yeah this is uh funnily enough this is maybe the one i would least recommend to the average solo player because it is the hardest to get into of maybe all the ones we've mentioned today but this is the uh solo mood uh, mood solo mode it is a mood for uh root 
Root from Leader Games. Nice. Oh, nice. So, yeah, I got uh, two Cole World designs, although he didn't design the solo for either of them. Interestingly enough, I think he's better off when other people do his solo modes. Oh, God, you got a video of me in like a sweater? What's going on here? Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, so uh, Root, if, I'm, I'm sure everyone knows Root, but if you don't, it's like kind of area control. You're trying to get victory points, extremely asymmetric factions and how... Uh, Apparently, it's swingy obtuse, though. It's weird to watch a video of myself. <laughs> they, they should have pulled a playthrough. But yeah, so uh, Root is another one of those, like uh, some of the other games I've mentioned uh, previously in the stream, like Exceed and stuff, where I love the game, and there's so many cool factions, and I want to play it all the time, but nobody else knows the factions, and it's really mm -hmm. a, a challenge with this asymmetry to get it to the table, because you kind of got to like understand everybody's faction. You got to kind of teach them like what everyone is doing. So... First of all, the fact that I can get the game to the table is great. But then the way this was a fan made variant at first. I don't know if you guys know that it was uh, what was it? it was like the better bot project oh, made cool. this. Oh, okay. And then they were like, hey, because so what happened was the the first expansion, the like River Folk expansion had the clockwork uh, bot for just the cats, mm -hmm. just the Marquis de Cat. And and it wasn't that great. Like, I played it. It's kind of a little bit of a mess. And, you know, again, I love Cole. He does awesome games. I don't think he does great with solo. I don't like Oats uh, solo either that much. But, um, but yeah, so then the Better Bot Project, this uh, guy came in, loved the game, made this amazing bot, and Leader Games saw it and liked it enough. They worked with him, and they made it the official one. And he continues, like, he there's more stuff in the Better Bot Project than what's been officially released for the Clockwork expansions. Because at this point, they have two Clockwork expansions, so most of the factions are, like, iterated in the game. Yeah. And, you know, not, not everyone I've tried this competitive and it can get a little wacky. Like sometimes the balance is weird. I've tried it. They have a co-op uh, variant in there and it's a mess. Don't play it because like, you know, they don't really know what the heck they're doing. The bot's not really made for co-op, but for solo specifically, throw in like two or three other factions in there. You have to love running the factions. Like this is one where if you don't want to look down charts and like run through it and kind of be the computer, like you are the computer and in a video game, we'd like be taking care of all this stuff. If you don't want to do this, this is not going to work for you. But if you don't mind that, and I don't mind that, because again, I've played like coin war games and all this stuff where you have to run lots of factions. It's just beautiful to see like the interplay, how smartly the AI works with each other, how like these, I learn how to play the factions better sometimes watching what the, uh, what the AI is doing, even though they play oh, wow. differently. Mm. Yeah. Like I'm like, Oh, I should be going for that kind of thing. Oh, I should be trying to capture more of those. So it's really like a cool thing they've achieved just from like an impressiveness standpoint. But then on top of that, again, just being able to play one of my top games of all time with mm -hmm. so many different factions and just splashing whatever the heck I want. And it's going to function. It's awesome. It's a great. And again, like I'm a fan made solo designer. So it kind of gets a leg up because of that. Like this guy just made it happen and, and lived right. the dream, like got the official mode is like, man, this is so good. We're going to use your stuff. I just love the story there too. So yeah, Root is my number one solo variant. Love yeah. that game. Fantastic choice. Nice. I have not been able to play it yet. I do have uh, the, was it the clockwork expansion? Is that the one that has uh Yeah, that? yeah, there's two yeah. at this point, but yeah. the first one had like the basic factions. Yeah, I have it on my shelf. It has not been played yet, but um I'm glad that you brought this up, Mike. The fact that you can watch, you know, the AI playing, try to get better at it by seeing what they do. I, I love that in in solo games like that, where you're actually gonna improve your your own play by by going through it. So I think that's a great thing to uh to talk about. 
Yeah, Root, Root's one of my uh, one of my good friends. Their favorite game of all time. And in, when they teach it, how they teach it is they uh, they pass out a computer and they say, "Hey, go do the tutorial of all the factions uh, in in the computer game, and then come back and we'll play Root." And I'm like, "All right, good way of learning." <laughs> it was a very good way of learning. But yeah, you really need to know all of those factions, right? Yeah. Like they're so varied, and the more that you throw in, I've only played with the with the base four. Yeah, yeah. I haven't played any of the expansions yet, but because I feel like I've just scratched the surface, really, with the base four. Yeah. Um, but nice. that's cool. That's awesome. really cool. I mean, well, and what you mentioned is a wrinkle with Root Solo because, gosh, that Direwolf app for it is so ridiculously good. Yeah. You don't even like necessarily, you know, like I, I love right, the game. Right. I'm a, I don't like playing app board games that much, so I don't personally play it really. Yeah, yeah. But it's like if I'm like recommending, I'm like, well, let's go play the app. It's kind of right. yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, so let's find out what Richard has to say about all of these great games. Okay, folks, before we go, I just wanted to weigh in on those last three entries. Ruel, I have to admit, I am so freaking jealous that you ended up covering um, the uh, 10th anniversary edition of Paperback on the channel because I had no idea how fantastic that solo mode was. It's incredibly impressive. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'd... I think I might still prefer Paperback Adventures as a solo uh, on Paperback take, but this is so cool, and I, I I wish I wish it had a multiplayer iteration because it was so smart. And Chris, uh, too many bones. I you know, uh, too many bones is way too big for me, way too long. And if I were to ever play it, I think solo is how I'd want to go because I think that's how you can get it down to around an hour, right? When it's just you uh, up against you know all the bad guys. And so I very much appreciate that. Although as I understand it. Um, isn't so much of too many bones all about you know the interplay between players and a lot of that goes away. I'm not quite sure. If so, it's kind of a bummer. I kind of wish they had kind of approached it maybe in the way Oathsworn does, where hey, if I'm playing true solo, I've got my one character. Oh yeah, the other characters can still be there in kind of a simplified sidekick way. But even still, again, uh, too many bones in an hour has got to be a good thing. So uh, it makes sense to include that one on the list. And Mike Root. Oh my gosh, you are a braver man than me. I tried playing the uh, automated cat faction that was in the original box with Root, and honestly, I didn't think it was very good at all. Um, you know, uh, just kind of a pain to uh, manage uh, with so much stuff going on. Really, it's probably only good just to have a test dummy so you could practice with factions before you play the way it's supposed to be against real players. But as I understand it, those clockwork uh, expansions that came out afterwards are really, really good, and I guess they must be for you to uh, put it so high on the list. So that is good news, everyone, I gotta say. And speaking of good news, folks, we're just starting with all of this solo stuff. If you want to hear some more solo goodness, well, um, head over to the extended edition of this episode, because in the post-show, I imagine the gang is going to talk a little bit more about maybe some preferred solo stuff. And I'm hoping that Mike talks a little bit about, I don't know if he's too humble to bring it up in this run-through, but the fact that he is a fairly accomplished uh, solo variant designer himself. He's got a bunch of really good ones out there, like um, oh gosh, uh, Radlands. I watched a bit of his video for that, and it looked really, really good. So, uh, you know, actually, there'll be some links for some of his stuff down in the show notes right now, uh, so you can uh, check out Mike's work in the solo sphere. And then if you want even more solo content, folks, might I suggest heading over to a uh, new uh, Geekless, 
I made on BoardGameGeek called solo.rado.com. That's where you point your browser, solo.rado.com. Link for it again down in the show notes. That is a list of every game that has been covered on my channel in solo mode over the last decade. There's over 200 games there. Plus the uh, top 10 I did with Maggie from Thinker Themer a few years ago. Um, plus this video and its extended edition where you can hear more stuff. And again, Mike, I want to hear in that after show if you could spend a little bit of time talking about how you approach design. Or heck, maybe you did it in the pre-show. Folks, cannot recommend that uh, highly enough. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I'm going to throw it back over to you guys to close it out. All right. So there you go, folks. Our top 12 and uh, Richard's thoughts on those final ones. Mike, I want to thank you again uh, for joining us today. Really appreciate it. And um, until next time, folks, we're going to send you all out with some Perk Coffee. Be sure to check out the website, perkcoffee.com, and use the RRT15 code for discounting your next order. Take care. So long. See you later. Bye-bye.